Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-hosts Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. We have a number of people we'll be talking with today. They got a number of events that's going on in the city that you be, need to be made aware of. And our first guest is the highly regarded a doctor yeah. by the name of Ben Danielson, whose name is synonymous with Odessa Brown, Seattle Children's, and be, behind the efforts of Lenny, the Lenny Wilkins Foundation, there will be a new facility built uh, in South Othello, but we're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> we're going to talk about urban games. So, Dr. Ben, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. And I noticed uh, on the urban games is you guys are mixing physical activities as for folks 5 to 22, and they also get the benefits of some medical attention as well and examination. So tell us uh, all about the urban games, sir, and the role that you play. Well, the urban games are an important part of pulling communities together and focusing on the most important issues and the most important uh, parts of communities. And for me, that's, uh, that's our young ones, right? making sure that they have everything they need to grow up and thrive. Urban Games uh, has this amazing combination of uh, services and um, prominent parts of the community and activities for all ages that make it fun to learn how to be healthier, uh, make it fun to learn how to make good choices about food, um, and really allow kids to to just have a great time. The um, areas they focus on go uh, all the way through the whole body from uh, physical activity options that allow kids to make sure that they get at least 60 minutes of of physical activity a day uh, to um, learning about uh, ways to prepare healthy foods to uh, games that help to stimulate the mind and um, ways for families to really uh, come together and support their children's needs. So I think it's an amazing way for us to uh, step into summer proper and uh, come together as a community and celebrate who we are. Now, I noticed on the press release that you were not identified as Dr. Ben Danielson uh, from Odessa Brown, but Dr. Ben Danielson, UWE Sports. Tell our listeners the significance of that designation. Oh, well, you know, I'm uh, 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 part of the whole program with the Urban Games, and the eSports component is uh, really exciting this year because it pulls technology into the story in a way that has not been part of the urban games before. So there's partnerships with folks in the gaming industry, the uh, video gaming industry, and other uh, technologies related to sports and play that are joining uh, the urban games this year in partnership and creating opportunities for young people to find many different ways uh, to get their fun on, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And the, um, the eSports component is just it's magical because uh, kids relate to it and it... Uh, creates strong messages about health and well-being at the same time sort of sneaks it in while you're having fun playing games. Dr. Danielson, I really, really like your holistic approach in bringing so many diverse programs and activities together for the young people. Now, I guess my my question is going to revolve around now when they're there, is there going to be like little refreshments or water form? And then uh, also when they do these activities, is there a follow-up? So, uh, Every, first of all, everything about the Urban Games is free. It's, uh, as you mentioned, for uh, pretty much all ages, 5 to 22, uh, at the Garfield Community Center this Saturday. Um, and there'll be everything. There'll be water. There'll be refreshments. Um, there'll be just connections to friends and family and also for meeting new people who are uh, part of our great community. There are uh, screenings and things like that. And so if there are, are things that it seems like there's going to need follow-up for, then um, some of the folks who are helping with the screenings will also sort of give advice about connecting to follow-up treatments and therapies or supports if needed. I think it's a really nice uh, balanced, whole person, whole body, whole mind uh, way to uh, bring families together and help them know what it means to raise their healthy children. Who are some of the other participants in, in that event, uh, Dr. Danielson? We have all kinds of uh, folks that are going to be showing up and are going to be a a part of that special day. One I did want to mention is the uh, amazing, great uh, Lenny Wilkins, the winningest NBA basketball coach and the icon of the Supersonics and a great mentor and spirit leader to uh, so many people like myself and many others in the community around here. Lenny Wilkins has been um, 
just a, an amazing part of this community, and he cares so much about kids. I hope I hope people come out and just honor his presence and recognize him for the um, the incredible star he is in our constellation of of the community. Uh, Dr. Danielson, now is there an obese issue in the uh, communities of color right now, and is, is there serious problems with the diet? Can you just share with the listening audience? Uh, why we came about having the urban games and some of the problems that might exist today? Yeah, obesity is, that's a really good point, is really a, uh, uh, an issue that I think we need to pay attention to, especially in our communities. That's partly because um, for the older folks in the community, adults and um, elders, uh, the long-term problems with obesity can make you more prone to issues like hypertension, heart disease and strokes and those kinds of things. So for many of these young kids, uh, they've all got people in their family who are older who have uh, suffered those kinds of diseases, diabetes, hypertension, uh, strokes, and heart disease. So knowing that obesity makes those problems worse later on, it's really important to get a handle on the obesity issues today. I do want to say, though, um, I'm not I'm not a big believer in just looking at somebody and saying whether they're obese or not. It really is important to um, not judge us all just by our shapes because there are many, many different beautiful shapes to each and every one of us in this community. However, there are times when if you're not getting enough good exercise, if your diet is um, not as healthy as it could be, those are the kinds of things that can uh, lead to the problems of obesity and then later on the problems of uh, uh, the complications, as I mentioned before. So obesity is a problem, but I also don't want to say that we can just look at somebody and tell, tell them that they're obese or not obese. Now, Dr. Daniels, are we going to be able to watch you double dutch with the young people? <laughs> Get that on film? <laughs> you know, that would be a YouTube phenomenon. It'll go Amen. out there everywhere because I'll probably break a couple of bones and harm somebody else next to me if I tried that. But, you know, you never know. Maybe I'll get inspired by those kids, try to do my best. And what are the other physical activities that we'll be having? Oh, they have obstacle Saturday. courses, basketball, and um, every kind of thing you can imagine for just about every different age. Lots of different things that focus on those uh, hand-eye coordination skills, other things that focus on endurance and uh, lots of physical motion. I guarantee you, if you come down there with your children, they'll find something that they will love, and they will love what they're doing. And, and that's great. So I'm encouraging all you folks with youngsters to go down to Garfield Community Center and also understand you'll be doing some screening for hypertension, for diabetes, as well as some other uh, things that, uh, and dental screening. So I'm just saying, and, and it's all free, correct? It is all free. And each of us has an obligation to know about our own health, know our bodies, know what we're at risk for, know when we're doing well. Um, there's just too many of us out there that sometimes try to avoid uh, getting screened and tested. We don't want to know, um, but I have to tell you today that it's important that we know. It's important that we take care of ourselves so that we can take care of our young ones, and it's important that we teach our young ones how to take care of themselves for the rest of their lives, too. Absolutely. Now, I want to spend, because uh, a big project is underway, and we're going to announce this again at the end of the program about the urban games at Garfield Saturday from 1 to 5 at Garfield Community Center and mention attributes uh, to the, our listeners before we check out. Also, this program will repeat again on Saturday morning, 8 to 9, and then it will be archived on the website, Eric? About Yeah, and it will be web, on the website for like a year. So, uh, But uh, the uh, new uh, project that you're leading, uh, putting up a big building, Odessa Brown, yeah. in uh, South Othello. Could you just take a minute or so and just let us know what, where we are on that? Yeah, we're uh, we're in the planning phases of building a clinic down there, uh, partly to make sure that everywhere our families have gone, uh, especially the families that used to live in the CD, mm -hmm. uh, can find access to the care that they deserve uh, in a clinic that has uh, people who know them, look like them, work like them, uh, understand the, uh, the culture and the community in that special way. So we're going to be breaking ground on that uh, in this fall, September or October, and then uh, spend a year and a half kind of building this clinic. It'll be a special place because it'll be close to early learning programs and close to housing and close to 
other services uh, so that the whole family benefits from the services that are all in one place there. We are going to continue to provide what our first medical director, Blanche Levizo, said 50 years ago, quality care with dignity and with an emphasis on that dignity piece and making sure that our community thrives no matter where our families live. Well, I want to let the listeners know that I guess uh, Delta Dental stepped up with $5 million Ooh, and yeah. uh, and Steve Ballmer, the former Microsoft guy and now owner of the L.A. Clippers, stepped up with $20 million. Yeah, Steve and his wife Connie believed in uh, this vision that we have and believe in making sure that every part of our community has a chance to thrive. So I'm, I'm so thankful for their inspiring contribution at Delta Dental, which has always been a strong partner for us and other community clinics is really uh, walking the talk and saying that uh, our communities matter. You and I know that, and they send a strong message out to the rest of the world to know that our communities matter. We matter, and uh, they're helping us take better care of our teeth and the future generation's teeth. Uh, Dr. Ben, I want to thank you for the time today. I want to remind everybody to go to Garfield Community Center tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Uh, you can only if you can help yourself by going. You uh, can get free diabetes and hypertension screening. You can also have your your mouth looked at by, the, by a dentist. So, uh, in addition to the physical activity and other camaraderie. So, thank you very much, and let us know what we can do to continue to support you and Lenny Wilkins' efforts to have that clinic in the South. And Hayward has a comment. And, and, and Dr. Daniels, Eddie mentioned this before. Now we're we're going to be talking to the city, Lenny Wilkins Way, right right there oh. in front of the clinic. We need, to oh, change that, we need to change that great. name of that street. Yeah, we want to have a street name for Lenny Wilkins. Remember when you mentioned that. Okay, then. Oh, that's great. That makes my day. Thank you. All right, Dr. Ben. Right. Thank you back. I know you're getting back to those those clients you have, so go take <laughs> yeah, care of them. they're yelling at me. All right, they're yelling already. All right, then. Thanks, Dr. Ben. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Okay. Our next guest is Winona Haig. Winona is one of the organizers of the, the uh, Urban Games that will be happening tomorrow. And uh, uh, my co-host, Hayward Evans, and I are in the studio. So you want to uh, uh, let us know uh, what's going to be happening from your end tomorrow, Winona? Yes. Um, first and foremost, thank you for having me on. I'm just a follow-up to Dr. Ben because he will be one of the key speakers tomorrow. We have a great, great uh, program. It starts at 930, actually, and it's open to ages 10 to 22 for the actual Urban Games uh, of, of, uh, program. So we have a plethora of activities. We have Xbox and Nintendo, which are under the eSports gaming zone. We have mm -hmm. face painting. We have bouncy houses. We have a healthy mind zone. And we have a free, free cooking demonstration where the kids can cook and taste and learn how to not mm -hmm. use so much salt and how to use so little sugar. Those are the things that we think will help to reduce the obesity epidemic that some of our children and families are facing. Now, on this particular day, we are going to have free dental cleaning. And for the parents, there is a mammogram that Center for Multicultural Health is scheduling for, but it is sponsored by Swedish hospitals. So we have, without a doubt, a great day. And we're very honored to have a special part of our program be the fact that Coach Lenny Wilkins, one of the winningest coaches ever, mm. will himself be there <laughs> to thank the community for thanking him for 30 years of service. And he and Marilyn are what we call the icons of our community. They stayed with the clinic all the way through the growth, and they are definitely still going to stay with it, even though it will be the last golf tournament and the last dinner fundraiser. It will not be the end of the Lenny Wilkins impact on the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic. Now, I just also need to remind people that this whole program, the Urban Game Seattle, it started with Willie Austin, the late Willie Austin. Okay, it was yeah. his and Bernita, um, Bernita Thomas's brainchild. And they went together and got a matching grant with Jack and Jill, uh, Associations of America, and they got a matching grant to get this kicked off to support Odessa Brown and the children's families. So it's so important to know how things start here so that we can know what the legacy is. Now, tomorrow, you mentioned 1 o'clock. At, at noon, Lenny will be 
Uh, Dr. Ben and on Lenny Saturday. and Nate on Miles. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah, I'm sorry. Saturday the 29th. <laughs> yes, I'm getting ahead of myself. Saturday the 29th at noon is the opening ceremony. And we will have Girls Trek. We will have Tony and those wonderful, wonderful uh, Zumba <laughs> ladies, of which I'm one. But uh, <laughs> there will be a great, great kickoff. The drum line will be in. And we will be celebrating, celebrating the opening of this day. At 1 o'clock, the Girls Trek will do a red line walk all the way through, all the way past Douglas Troop to the African American Museum in honor of the social political consequences that we have faced with our gentrification issues mm -hmm. here in the central area. The central area that used to be is obviously, we know, not what it used to be. Well, no, no, I just, I, just, I just want to let you and the listeners know. I was the chair of the Central Seattle Community Council Housing Federation, mm -hmm. representing Camp. Dr. Woodhouse was a, was the a, uh, director, and uh, as chair of that committee, we released the first report on redlining in December 1973, that uh, oh. led to all kind of activities in the city. As a matter of fact, uh, President Gerald Ford dispatched then Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Carla Hills to come out to Seattle to discuss the issue. It was in Seattle, Boston, San Francisco, and Chicago. And the uh, organizing model was based on Saul Alinsky, a famous socialist, social worker guy. Okay. So yeah. I just want to social throw that in. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like me. <laughs> right. You, you but know, Eddie, you, you know, we, the community knows because last night or the night before, I sat in a film on the brink at the African American Museum. And your name came up so many times in that documentary as one of the key people that has tried to help us. Stay woke or get woke, wake up to this whole thing. And unfortunately, as we have gone down, we see that we went from 90% black to 10% black in the central area. But that's all the more reason that we have this event on Saturday because the Odessa Brown Clinic is there to stay. It will be there. And Ben was just telling you, Dr. Ben was telling you, that we will be having a new clinic, uh, an expansion of the clinic. But that clinic that's there on 21st is there to stay even with all the gentrification all the different changes all kids oh, need all kids need help all kids need help regardless all of their color need help. they all need all help kids, regardless of their ability to pay that was that was founded upon that principle exactly. by the late nurse odessa brown and dr lavizio right came right in I, and, I, and I, I got that. a chance to, to meet uh, both of them and you know i was really uh, sad that some people uh, in uh, the Jewish community got upset because, of course, here Cortez, our call was happening at the border uh, uh, concentration camps, and some people got upset. How can you get upset when babies are dying? Right. And this is on United States soil. This is not uh, a part of anything else that happened outside of this right. country. Right. So, right. you know, we're going to call atrocities atrocities in this country, and if people are offended by us speaking up on behalf of babies, then shame on them. That's all I could say. Winona, you know, this is Hayward again, or Hayward. Uh, it was great yeah, seeing hey, you, you and Sheila on TV. She's from Swedish, right? Yes, yeah, yes, you, that you, was you guys Williams. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. But I guess uh, my, yes, question, we were, my question is going to mm -hmm, revolve go around, ahead. I'm looking forward to seeing you in that bounce house so that, we get, <laughs> so, that we get the, so that we get this on tape. But we need to thank you. But also, <laughs> when you look back, Eddie Rye is the one who painted a red line around the old Seafirst Bank. Remember that, Eddie? Yeah, I sure Eddie, do. John Eichelberg was the only that. person who went to jail because of red paint blew on. <laughs> but anyway, hey, thanks, Winona. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you. Let me you. tell you one more thing. That is, the date is Saturday, the 29th, and mm -hmm. we'll look forward to seeing you. And we are looking for sponsors and donors, so they can uh, contact uh, us at urbangameseattle at gmail.com. Okay, thank you, Winona. Thank you, Winona. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. Our next guest is one of the leaders of the Carolyn Riley Payne Appreciation Day. And we'll be the MC for the event at First AME Church on July 13th. There will be an array of speakers. Matter of fact, I got in trouble with making somebody a keynote speaker. She said, I'm speaking with the other, other Axel people and not by myself. And, but anyway, uh, Toya, uh, Eddie Ryan, Hayward Evans hey, in. And uh, we we'll just want you to give our listeners an update on where we are. And so far, things seem to be re moving rather smoothly. Toya. Hi, how are you? How are you? <laughs> we were worried for a minute that we thought somebody got you or something. <laughs> no, 
No, I'm here. I'm here. And thank you for the opportunity. Um, you know, we're just excited. We're excited to honor a woman who's been a pillar in our community and who's helped so many young people, um, you know, including myself, just change the trajectory of our lives as African-American black youth in Seattle, Washington, who, you know, being that we make up less than 2% of the population in Washington State, that we were able mm-hmm. to go places through the NAACP ASCO program and see other young youth who were just thriving. And uh, Carolyn Raleigh Payne helped us really understand our gifts as young people in the, in the Pacific Northwest. So we are extremely excited to celebrate her uh, July 13th. Am I correct? July 13th. July 13th. July 13th. July 13th. Doors open at 5 o'clock. Um, programming starts at 6 at First Sammy Church. And, you know, I'll say this, uh, it's long overdue. When you have someone like Ms. Payne, who has helped hundreds of African-American students um, realize their dreams through helping us um, through the NAACP ACTO program, which ACTO stands for Afro-American Cultural Technological Scientific Olympics of the Mind. And for those who don't know, you know, this is a program, you know, now the whole buzzword are STEM and STEAM, but ACTO was incorporating and integrating STEM for and STEAM, uh, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math for black students over the last 40, 50 years. And, you know, it just brought it, made it an actualization, a realization for us coming from the Northwest who had never had an opportunity to perform or to compete in these fields, Ms. Payne saw talent. She saw, she could recognize gifts in young people like myself um, and bring it out of you. And, you know, actually was a program for high school students to compete in uh, music category, spoken word, monologue. You get to playwriting. Now they have a uh, um, part of the, the competition is also business writing, strategic plan writing, photography. And for us to, to compete on a, a regional level, which is, you know, Seattle, and then be able to go to these national levels where other young people from around the country were competing who look like us, who sound like us, and uh, we're making a difference. You know, Ms. Kay made that happen. Yes. Latoya, uh, you were... Uh a Miss America from Washington, D.C.? I I did, and you know, so when I competed in, I, I was Miss D.C. in the Miss America pageant, 1999-2000. I represented the nation's capital. Um, but I only realized that I had something to say and that public speaking was my platform through ACTO. Um, when I was in ninth grade, no, excuse me, 10th grade, and competed in ACTO, that's when I came to the NAACP ACTO competition. I competed in spoken words, poetry, and then they had a, a category called oratory. I didn't even know what oratory meant. But Ms. Payne explained to me, she says, child, you have a voice, and you have a gift when it comes to speaking on the behalf of your peers. This is a category you should also explore. And because of that, I am the only black woman to ever, or the first, I don't know if there have been any after me, to do oratory as a talent in the Miss America pageant. Mm-hmm. And then they kept calling you Miss Black America, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I would go out in the community and do an event, they always introduce me as this black American. Amen. I would have to tell them, I say, you know, blackness has been uh, a part of this country since the beginning of time. And so I, I rightfully represent not only the nation's capital, but this country mm-hmm. um, as Miss D.C. I'm not yeah. just Miss Black America. I'm in the Miss America pageant. And the other thing is that uh, I have to do a correction. Angela said... She wants to make reflections. Uh, she does not want to overshadow or, or take any credit away from Miss Carolyn Riley Payne. She chastised me, but I thought Miss Carolyn Riley had got an agreement with her. But anyway, she wants to do reflections with other speakers. So, but I want to let you know next uh, week on Wednesday we're going to record a Carolyn Riley special that will air on July fourth at two o'clock and repeat on that Saturday, July sixth at eight o'clock. 
And Carolyn Riley Payne will be in the studio, and we will have people calling in. Dr. Q, Quentin Morris has already confirmed he would be calling in. Uh, Monica, Monica L. Lewis is going to be calling in, and a number of other folks. So uh, we want you to chime in on that, too, since you emceeing. By that time, we should have more information on what the program will look like. But at our mm-hmm. next meeting, if any Axel folks out there, now, Toya's in charge, but we meet, <laughs> we meet at First AME uh, at 6 o'clock on Tuesday to the 2nd and Tuesday the 9th. And uh, we do need uh, sponsors for this event. So we'll be calling yeah. some folks about that as well because we intend to have a dinner at First AME at 6. The doors open at 5. Uh, Toya is the MC for the event. And so uh, Angela said if you could have her and three other people that just do reflections as opposed to then that way people can hear from different folks. And then we got the headshots. We got to check with David Jones. Yes. And I'm going to get Hayward and the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee to help raise some money. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have to do that. So, uh, but uh, once again, the 13th uh, at uh, First AME. And if anybody it was involved in AXO, you're welcome. Uh, there should be an Eventbrite page, a Facebook page put up so you can RSVP. We need, we need to know how many folks are coming uh, for the programs as well as the food. And also Pastor uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, the senior pastor at First Sammy, he'll be on uh, the Carolyn Riley special as well. So, And we want to have you back for that as well, ma'am, with all the work you're doing. So uh, uh, any anything else you want to mention, shout, shout out to any of the committee members? Papa Rye, I just, well, first and foremost, I, I just want to reiterate what you're saying, and I want to put the charge out there that any scholar or any parent whose scholar was impacted by Axel, we absolutely want to and need you to come to our committee meetings. You know, this event, I think we have three committee meetings left, and it's going to be awesome in terms of what we do on July 13th. But I, I want to see our community come together to celebrate the work of this woman, this amazing mother to many of us. I call Miss Miss Carolyn Riley Payne my second mother, and for good reason. Uh, the work that I do would not be if it wasn't for her. I credit her in terms of helping me, um, you know, create my own path in terms of creating my own business. Um, so any parent. Or, or a scholar who has been impacted by Axel to come to our, our board meetings, or excuse me, our committee meetings at First Amity Church every Tuesday until July 13th at 6 p.m. Um, you know, we're, we're a small committee at this point, and we're going to get the job done, but uh, it would mean the world to not only us, but Ms. Kane, to see so many of the young people she has impacted come together to make this possible. And if you can't come to the committee meeting, make sure to come and give your love to her on July 13th at First Sammy Church at 6 p.m. Come, We need to fill that hall because um, we're talking about 40 years of commitment. I don't know too many people who give. That's life work. That's, mm-hmm. That has been a part of her life, and she's mm-hmm. been a part of ours. Um, when I talk to like Dr. Quentin Morris, neither we can honestly say we would not be doing the work or be where we are in our careers if it hadn't been for Axel, but more importantly, Carolyn Riley Payne pushing us. She not only, you know, is the, was the advisor of Axel for over 40 years, she followed us through our careers. Ms. Payne came to the Miss America pageant All right, and now. supported me. And, uh, you know, throughout my entire career has always, you know, put in a phone call and made sure I was all, always okay and, mm. and just, um, you know, supported me. Okay, we're gonna have you back. We're gonna have you back next week. But Hayward Evans from the the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee has an announcement to make regarding Miss Carolyn Riley Payne. Make it now. Go ahead. Eddie put in Eddie put in Carolyn Payne's name to be on the first float for the African American community in the Torchlight Parade since 1981. She has been selected to be Queen of the Community this year's Torchlight Parade with over three million viewers. Okay, Tori. I love it. We're working on I it. I love it. Okay, we'll talk For to sure. you again. We'll see you Tuesday okay. and talk to you again on Wednesday when we record the July 4th program. That's going to be from Sounds 12 good. to 1, so make a note on that right now. Yes, sir. Anything you need, I'm here. Okay, we appreciate you. you. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back after this. 
Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an ORCA card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. At the Port of Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength. And we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities, and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The Port of Seattle continues to be your port of opportunity. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. All right, Eddie Ryan, Hayward Evans back to Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, our next guest is uh, former state representative, Dr. Jesse Wineberry, JD, the leader of I-1000, and he has some updates and some interesting uh, news to get us about a certain Negro pastor over in Pierce County, but we'll go with the good news first, Representative Wineberry. Well, it's all good news. Anytime I'm able to share the microphone and uh, time with you on Urban Forum. So, Eddie and Hayward, thank you for all the work that you're doing on not only this issue, but keeping the community abreast of the many issues that affect our lives. Uh, I-1000 uh, obviously being one of them. Uh, because of your efforts, uh, it is now law. Uh, and we are counting down the days to July 28th when that law becomes effective in Washington State, and we uh, will have the doors back open for young people to get a college education, the doors back open for all people to get a good job with the state, county, city, municipal, school district, board commission, what have you. And more importantly, uh, the doors are open for us to start reclaiming that $3.5 billion that women and minority businesses lost over the last 21 years. And uh, in terms of uh, the opposition, why don't you share with our listeners, uh, we know we got Referendum 88. Don't sign Referendum 88. Keep hate out of Washington State. Uh, what happens if they get the 130,000 signatures by July 28th or 27th? Well, yeah, they have till July 27th to get 130,000 signatures of valid registered voters. And if they do, then uh, uh, I-1000 will go on the ballot in November. And people, uh, registered voters, will be able to vote on whether to approve what the legislature has done on November 5th. Okay. And uh, do you have any idea what it looks like right now? Is there any prognostication on how close they might be or what it looks like right now? Our information has them at around 20,000 as, as of last weekend, so uh, maybe they're uh, a little bit more than 20,000 since it's now Thursday. They have uh, obviously uh, 130,000 that they have to hit in less than 30 days. And, uh, but we are also finding out that a lot of the people who are signing Referendum 88 are reading it and seeing that it doesn't, it doesn't have language for the referendum, it has the exact language of Initiative 1000. So uh, just yesterday, a, uh, a young white female who was at a, uh, a presentation of mine came up to me apologizing, fighting back tears, admitting that she had signed referendum 88, thinking it was I-1000, and they, they, they told her, to sign to, uh, to enable I-1000 to be on the ballot for approval. What they didn't tell her is that they are trying to repeal it. And so there is some deceptive uh, uh, advertising going on out there. Uh, we have turned this matter over to our attorney, so stay tuned because the next thing you hear may be uh, legal action uh, in the courts. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, we, the attorneys will have to review the documents that they are circulating out there. If they are, in fact, 
misleading and deceptive, that is a violation of state law. Uh, it means that any signatures that they will have acquired using those methods and using the language on those documents may end up being void, and they may have to start all over again. So it would not shut down their efforts to continue gathering signatures, but they would have to start all over again and start gathering signatures on documents and petitions that are telling the truth instead of documents and petitions that are misleading people with lies. Jesse, uh, briefly now, we know that I-1000 passed. Uh, you know, we know that we had a meeting with the governor recently, you know, and he's supposedly behind it. What are the next steps for implementation? What's being done so that the, uh, the all government entities are prepared to implement? Well, we have met with the governor. The governor endorsed I-1000 and is the first governor to put an initiative in his state of the state address urging the legislature to uh, enact one I-1000. But our last meeting was with the governor's chief of staff. You were uh, courageous enough to present our letter signed by over 30 organizations and individuals, including former Seahawk and now New England Patriot Michael Bennett, urging the governor to immediately direct all of his 190 state agencies to start preparing for the implementation. And one of them has already made that move, and that's the University of Washington. Of course, we know the University of Washington is not just the largest university in the state. It's the largest university in the entire Pacific Northwest and one of the top universities in America. That president, Anamari Kasi, has issued her directive to all of her departments and demanding that they start an immediate review of all the laws to rewrite them and to now open the doors of opportunity not only for people to get their education at UW, but to get jobs and contracts. So we applaud her efforts and expect that the other universities and agencies will begin to do the same. Have, have you talked to any of the state agencies, any city or county departments, or the mayor or county executive regarding uh, any movement on their part? That's a bullseye, Eddie. What I will be doing tonight, we're holding a community-wide meeting tonight, totally on implementation, not on campaign. Uh, it's being hosted at the uh, Seattle Central College's um, uh, Wood Technology Center on 23rd and Lane, not far from 23rd and Jackson. We will be there at 6 p.m. talking exactly about duplicating our efforts that we've already enacted or, or executed with the governor and do the same letter calling for the mayor of Seattle to uh, in, begin preparation for implementation of I-1000, Dow Constantine of King County, all 39 county executives, all 564 cities, all school districts. The heads of all of those government organizations are under the domain of I-1000, and each of them needs to be taking action at their own level, with their own divisions and departments, just like the governor. Okay, uh, Representative Weinberg, why don't you give our listeners uh, the time, the location of the meeting, because now you can drive through 23rd, I believe. It's not blocked <laughs> not off done. anymore. Okay, so you, I know you can drive through 23rd past Jackson. So give us the address again and the time of the meeting. And it's, it is open to the public, all people who support affirmative action and civil rights, correct? Yes, we will be taking names at the door. And so if you are uh, like the uh, minister, her name is Brenda, uh, on, the, on, the, uh, on Facebook, who is uh, uh, an African-American minister in Tacoma who for some reason is promoting uh, referendum 88 to kill I-1000, we will not be welcoming you. This is for the yeah. implementation of I-1000. It is located <laughs> at... She, sound, she, sounds, she sounds more like uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. That's who she sounds like. But anyway, and she's in Pierce County. I'll be at the Black Collective on, uh, on Saturday morning. And uh, are you going to be over there Saturday morning, Jesse? I'm not sure. Okay, I'll be over there. But if you could text me this lady's name and the church that she allegedly represents... Absolutely. I mean, we'll send we'll send out the uh, the link to the show where she was where she's promoting referendum eighty eight, 
and saying that I-1000 is causing a division. Okay. Now, tonight, <laughs> I want you to look out getting... for this former host of one of the programs here. Her name is Tracy Harrell. She might be at the meeting tonight. She's in the studio today checking Hayward and I out. But uh, she's a former Microsoft employee, has got all kind of skills, so I'm sure she can add a lot to the to the plate. So thank you very much, Representative Weinberry. Appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. You do want the address? Yeah, give, give us the address. Yeah. Yes, the address is 2310 South Lane Street. And this is at the Seattle Central College Wood Technology Center, 2310 South Lane Street, Seattle, 98144. Doors open at 530. We start precisely at 6 p.m. Thank you, sir. We thank appreciate you. you. Thank you. Okay. Our next guest is Chardonnay Beaver. Uh, Chardonnay, I'm in with uh, Hayward Evans, and we're being observed by Tracy Harrell, who is a bad sister, used to be with Microsoft. I think you're with Microsoft now, right? Yeah, I'm interning for the summer. Okay, that's good. Chardonnay Hayward used was the president of the all-student body at Garfield for this year. She was involved in student government for three consecutive years, and she's going to be going to the University of Washington. Matter of fact, you have an older sister at the University of Washington, right, Moet? Yes, Moet Beaver. She's yeah. my sister. Yeah, I presented at one of the classes, and folks were talking about the minority media. I said, well, you got a newspaper woman right there pointing to your sister. <laughs> I think that was last year or the year before. But anyway, um, uh, share with our listeners a little bit about your experience, your, last, your senior year at Garfield, how you became involved with student government, and uh, share a little few words about that. Of course. So Garfield, as everybody knows, is a legendary place. It's very magical. Uh, as an incoming freshman, I had no idea how much of a legacy I would leave at Garfield, how much time I would be dedicating myself to different activities and social justice, things of that sort. So um, when I started, I actually started as a freshman in student government, uh, I was one of maybe three black girls in student government at the time. And, of course, that could be intimidating for some. But for me, it was a challenge. I like to take over a challenge, so that was great. And uh, there I just learned a lot of skills. I will say one thing that I took back from that was that it's okay to agree to disagree with others and that you have to be comfortable with working with people who may not have the same philosophies as you. And... Um, yeah, Garfield was was great, honestly. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I learned was how to dissolve conflict and uh, really bring in some topics that are going to impact students for their life when they think about Garfield and like the leadership that we have. For me, it's always important to talk about that legacy of activism. We have the uh, Dixon brothers who were Garfield alum, you yourself, Mr. I, and so bringing that element back into Garfield and reinforcing that right for others. That was important to me mm -hmm. as student body president and class president for, well, three years. Well, it sounds to me like you're getting warmed up to yeah, run for go. city council something pretty soon. <laughs> you know, if you're 18, you can run now. There you go. Hey, get that degree first. Okay, now that that's smart. That's real smart. Now, your new yes. generation activist group, now, what, what were they doing at Garfield, and are they going to continue once you leave? Yes, yeah, so new generation started in 2017 after the tragic death of Sherlina Lyles. May she rest in peace. Um, hearing her story actually was brought to me by one of my close friends, Janelle Gary. She had a Jesse Hagopi in his class at Garfield. He's also a local activist here in Seattle. And... Within less than 24 hours, we got a rally started. I used my resources as student body president uh, to get with administration and get it approved by Mr. Howard and the staff. And we had a rally less than 24 hours with media coverage and students really talking about their fear of the truth of uh, police brutality in Seattle because we think it's such a liberal city, and going to Garfield, which is in the heart of Seattle, is such a liberal city, um, you think that you are excused from that sad truth. And so New Gen, because of that, each year we work with the Root in Seattle with the Root Family Picnic, which is such a pleasure to do. I love working with Mr. Paul Mitchell. 
And the uh, Breezer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he's great. Yeah, and, he is uh, that. We do that. Um, we also do um, an annual memorial for Charlena at Garfield. We also go out to Magnuson where she was uh, mm. killed, and we just pay our dues. Mm-hmm. Um, but New Gen is going to be continuing. We have some underclassmen who are going to take that on. The great thing about New Generation is that we are outside of school organization. We're not an established mm-hmm. club like CSU. And so we have that leniency to do whatever we want within the community, but also not be attached to Seattle Public Schools. Well, Chardonnay, you know what I'd like to do is that in the future, when you guys get the new people hooked in, I'd like to have mm-hmm. you and them both back yeah. on because you guys are doing some fantastic things in terms of organizing, yeah, and you're just so relevant politically with uh, dealing with uh, Charlena Lyles. And I was telling the police chief, uh, they don't want to, uh, they're having a hard time recruiting people. Mm-hmm. A $15,000 mm-hmm. signing bonus, I could go down there and get a whole bunch of uh, people who are leaving the military, brothers and sisters, let them get that fifteen grand plus make about 100000 with overtime, and we could slip around here and have all black police department. So <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, thank you for your time today. We want to keep up with you. And keep c- communicate with me what you guys are doing. We definitely want to talk some more about your new, your organization, though. And you're going to yes, be bringing some new in people touch in. touch with me. I'll be right down the hill at the University of Washington. And thank you so much for having me on air. Okay, thank you very Chardonnay, much. Thank you very much. And everybody out there, this lady got a full ride. She's riding that dog all the way. <laughs> all right, Political now. strategist, attorney, and you will get elected. I think Congress. Let's okay. go for it. So now you're a member of Congress. Okay, then, we're going to take a quick break and come back with your friend Lyric Harris after this. At the Port of Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength. And we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The Port of Seattle continues to be your port of opportunity. Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an ORCA card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Okay, here with Evans, Eddie right back at Urban Forum Northwest with our guest for today, Tracy Harrell, president of the Black MBA Association. But anyway, before we go to Lyric, I want to say we are sponsored by the Port of Seattle's Office of Social Responsibility, Sound Transit Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, the City Sales Purchase and Construction Services Office, Concourse Concessions, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, and Stephanie Ogle does our technology. And our next guest is... Uh, State cha- three-time state champion and super scholar Lyric Harris. Lyric, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with Haywood Evans and Eddie Rye. And uh, Haywood was just going over your short bio, and it's very impressive. Go, when you say go, Hayward, go, oh, absolutely, go, 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 Georgetown. Why couldn't you be a dog? Well, they're still dogs, right? You're just a bulldog, <laughs> yeah. huh? Okay, you're still a dog, though. Yeah, she yeah. just wanted to go be in Chocolate City. I think that's what it was. <laughs> so, uh, Lyric, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and your accomplishments? And hi to all the Harris family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just graduated from Garfield High School. Um, and I also graduated from Seattle Central College with my AA through the Running Start program. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, I'll be attending Georgetown University next year and running there on a track scholarship. Yeah. And... Tell us a little bit about your activities in Garfield. And so, I mean, you were going to two schools at one time. Matter of fact, share with our listeners how you could get an AA degree and still be a full-time student at Garfield. Um, yeah, so it's a program called Running Start where you take um, about three classes at your local community college, and then you have the choice of taking one class at your high school. And then those college classes transfer over for your high school requirements, and they also work towards um, you getting credit towards your AA degree. So when you graduate high school, you graduate with all your high school requirements and your diploma, as well as your AA degree from your community college. 
So yeah. did did Alvin Harris have to buy you a car to make all those trips? <laughs> That's her dad. <laughs> well, yeah, did he? Was, did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you're excelling, so I was just curious if he had bought your car. So at Garfield, what kind of activities were you involved in? I, I know you were doing the super sports. Did you also play basketball? Um, no, I just did track and field. And then I was also involved in um, activities like DSU and my scholars and academic activities like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys had a pretty exceptional class this year, looking at Chardonnay, looking at you, and looking at Janelle Gary. Janelle Gary is a, is a granddaughter of, of Bob Gary, the former principal. Yeah. Uh, and, and his son, Robert Gary Jr., is also a principal. He's at Madison, I think. Uh, but Janelle was a member of uh, the Garfield girls softball team that won the state championship the first time ever that a public school in Seattle won at uh, that at, 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 uh, state championship. Now, in yeah. terms of your – you won the district championship four years in a row. Why don't you just walk yeah. our listeners through that, Thank some you. of your accomplishments? Um. Yeah, so – I won the Metro Championship four years in a row, um, as well as the District Championship. And then for state, and this is for triple jump. And then for state, um, I won that the past three years. And my freshman year, I took third in that. So, yeah. So so did other people start going another way when they saw you coming? (laughs) Olympic, Olympic, Olympics. Yeah. Hey, what's something out Now, what about the Olympic trials? The next Olympics is 2020, right? Yeah. And so, what do you think? Um, yeah, that's definitely a goal. Looking forward to that, and also just yes. competing at um, other like national meets um, is also a goal of mine. Um, yeah, that'd be really awesome to compete there. Now, uh, you know, at one time we had CAYA, and I don't know what kind of well, it used to be at Garfield because I know that Angela and my son Brian were involved with CAYA. Where do the young African American uh, uh, runners and athletes go now they still go to garfield to caya or they at rainier beach where where are they because we know we have um, a lot of folks moving south south county yeah there's definitely during the south Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, we're, we're losing you we're losing you can you repeat that we're, we're, you're fading out, uh, Lyric. We can't hear you. Do you have a headset on or something? Yeah. Take the earplug out your ear. We can't hear you. <laughs> okay. I think we've lost Lyric. Uh, anyway, we heard quite a bit from her as well. So I want to thank you, Lyric, and we'll thank have you, to Lyric. get you back on. Sorry we lost you up there. Triple jump, Georgetown. You're still a dog. We're very, very, very proud of you. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, no, she is there. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just got back. Sorry. Okay, well, sorry about that. Okay. So, anyway, Luke, I want to thank you for your time today and give a shout-out to all the Harrises. We're all from Shreveport. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mr. Mr. DeWitt Sr. Yeah, we were, it was my, my homeboy. Okay, thank you very much, Luke. And c- c- thank you, Luke. Uh, and good luck, and we'll keep you posted, and we'll be looking for you on the U.S. Olympic team. There you go. Yes. All right, now. Okay, thank, thank you, you very so much. much, and see you soon. Probably at Bye. Mount Zion. Okay. Yeah. Mount Zion. All right. Okay, so uh, there are a few things going on. Don't forget, uh, on Saturday afternoon, and Winona said it starts at 9 o'clock. Uh, what I got is 1 o'clock. Uh, that's for the Urban Games uh, Northwest. And uh, so I want to thank Hayward. Don't forget, on the July 4th special will be Carolyn Riley Payne, and it was announced today that she's going to be the queen on the Torchlight Seafair uh, Parade, July first 27. African American since 1981. See you next week.